on the question, what do we know about man's ability to limit the omnipotence of God in the moral realm from the Bible, we were considering those passages which indicate that God exercises his great wisdom and employs all possible resources in pleading with men to conform to his wise and holy ways, all without success in the great majority of instances. And we now come to that great passage in the book of Nehemiah where the Levites, or the spiritual leaders of Israel, were rehearsing before the returning remnant to the land of Palestine the kindness and dealings of God to their forefathers. In Nehemiah chapter 9, Now in the twentieth and fourth day of this month the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloth and earth upon them, what a tremendous attitude they had of humiliation. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord. Their God one fourth part of a day and another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. What an extensive and humiliating meeting this was. And then in verse 6, Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heavens of the heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein. And thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worshipeth thee. How worthy was the great God to receive all their adoration. And in verse 12, Moreover thou lettest them in the day by a cloudy pillar, and in the night by a pillar of fire, to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, and spakest with them from heaven, and gavest them right judgments and true laws, good statutes and commandments, and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws, by the hand of Moses thy servant and gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger, and broughtest forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst, and promised them that they should go in to possess the land which thou hadst sworn to give them. But they and our fathers dealt proudly, and hardened their necks, and hardened not unto thy commandments, and refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsooketh them not. Consider all the measures of love and kindness and provision that God had taken with the children of Israel, and how they utterly refused to be moved into a state of tenderness by all these measures. Again in verse 20, Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. And in verse 26, Nevertheless, they were disobedient, and rebelled against thee, and cast thy law behind their backs, and slew thy prophets which testified against them, to turn them to thee. And they wrought great provocations. Therefore thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies, who vexed them. 
And in the time of their trouble, when they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors, who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore, lettest thou them into the hand of their enemies, so that they had the dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven. And many times didst thou deliver them according to thy mercies, and testifiest against them, that thou mightest bring them again unto thy law. Yet they dealt proudly, and hearkened not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. And withdrew the shoulder, and hardened their neck, and would not hear. Yet many years did thou forbear them, and testified against them by thy spirit in thy prophets. Yet would they not give ear. Therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not utterly consume them, nor forsake them. For thou art a gracious and a merciful God. What a summary of God's kindness and dealings with his own chosen people. How evident is the fact that the omnipotence of God is limited and cannot secure the obedience of men by force. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verses 24 to 31, we have a summary of God's great intensity in his efforts to secure the obedience and submission of his creature man. Verse 24, because I have called, and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. What a summary of the tragic end which must await all who refuse the kind and loving manifestations of the great God. So even though God is seeking with great intensity to move men toward him and toward a state of happiness, it lies within man's hand to resist the kind movements of God. In the second Psalm, verses 1 to 4, we read of the future purpose of man to uh, overthrow the very throne of God. And it is this that God is pictured as laughing at. He is not laughing at the necessity of judgment, but at the ridiculousness of rebellious men who will think they can conquer and displace his power and authority over the earth. In the first chapter of Isaiah, we have it set forth that God invites men to reason with him over the whole situation of sin. Come now and let us reason together saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So man cannot be controlled by sheer force. Therefore a God appeals to him by way of his comprehension that his ways are entirely honorable 
and his ways are the pathway of blessing. In the 59th chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. And so although God is abounding in mercy and love and longs to impart blessings upon man, man's sin limits this bestowal of blessing and requires God to withdraw his favor toward man. Again, in the 63rd chapter of Isaiah, verses 7 to 10, I will mention the loving kindnesses of God and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed upon us, and the great goodness, the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. For he said, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their Savior. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them, and his love and his pity he redeemed them, and he bare them and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. So here we have account of how the nation Israel rebelled and thwarted the movings of the Holy Spirit and made necessary a change in God's plans. We go on to Jeremiah, that humble prophet who spoke in behalf of God as to how the plans of God were resisted. In the sixth chapter, verses 16 to 19, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, wherein is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Also I set a watchman over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected this. God called upon all to witness that this tragedy and the necessary dealings in judgment were entirely man's fault. In the 11th chapter of Jeremiah, verses 6 to 8, Then the Lord said unto me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and do them. For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, rising early and protesting, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, but walked every one in the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I command them to do, but they did them not. And in verse 11, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So Jeremiah was further told to proclaim that God's firm protest and his energetic pleadings went unheeded. 
that God could do no more to secure their obedience. Only the pathway of judgment was left. And in the 25th chapter of Jeremiah, we read these words in verse 3. The word of the Lord hath come unto me, and I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye have not hearkened. And the Lord hath sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but ye have not hearkened, nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, Turn ye again now every one from his evil way, and from the evil of your doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord hath given unto you and to your fathers forever and ever. And go not after other gods to serve them, and to worship them, and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no more hurt. Yet ye have not hearkened unto me, saith the Lord, that ye might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. So again we have the pleadings of the prophets as the mouthpiece of God, setting forth that God uh, could not accomplish his objective of the obedience of men apart from their voluntary submission. And so in the face of these many scriptures and warnings, on the one hand the kindness of God, on the other hand the necessary judgment on those who persist, what will you do with the mercy of God? May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy great energy that Thou hast applied in winning men to Thee and in seeking to turn all men from sin into the ways of holiness and salvation. We pray that many may heed these scripture warnings, may come to Thee, blessed Savior, in humiliation and repentance, and through faith find forgiveness and be recipients of Thy wonderful salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.